Chapter 7. Got something for you. A baby mouse. A mean baby mouse. It keeps trying to bite me. Tobias flew in a low, tight circle overhead, disappearing behind the tree branches, then reappearing. Are you ready? I took a deep breath. I gave him a wave. Sure, I was ready. Why wouldn't I be ready to have a hawk hand me a mouse? Just your normal kind of thing to deal with. Tobias flew low and slow. I held out my hands, cusped together. With amazing precision and perfect timing, he deposited the mouse in my hands. Don't let it bite you, Cassie warned. Rabies. Wonderful, I muttered. Just one more fun aspect of this night. Actually, I was glad for the warning. The mouse was squirming in terror, trying to get away. I could feel its tiny little mouse legs scrabbling against my palms. You should all get rabies shots, Cassie said. Seriously, I already have mine, but if we're going to be handling wild animals... In the meantime, be careful to keep his teeth away from you. I wasn't planning on feeding him my finger, I said. Hey, wait. Cassie pried open my hands to get a better look. That's not a mouse. That's a shrew. See the eyes? They're too small, and the tail is wrong. That's not a baby mouse, Tobias. It's a full-grown shrew. Sorry, is that bad? Cassie shrugged. I don't know, I just know it isn't a mouse. Wait a minute, Marco said, beginning to grin. Rachel is going to become a shrew? How will we know she's changed? How do you become what you already are? Everyone was too nervous to find the joke very funny. We felt kind of stupid, standing around on some stranger's lawn, playing with rodents. I mean, there are times when the whole thing just seems so utterly insane, you know? Okay, I have to concentrate on acquiring, so everyone shut up, I said. Acquiring is what we call it when we absorb a sample of an animal's DNA. The DNA is the stuff inside the cells that sort of serves like a how-to manual for making the animal. When you acquire, you have to think hard about the animal, focusing on it and blocking out everything else. The animal kind of goes limp, like it's in a trance. It takes just about a minute. It was easy to focus on the shrew, what with it squealing in terror and squirming to get out of my hand. But it was gross. Definitely gross. I know there's nothing really wrong with shrews, but still, they freak me out a little. When I was done, I opened my eyes. Okay, little shrew, thanks for your help. You can go now. I'm not sure this is a good idea, Jake said doubtfully. Really? Marco was sarcastic. You're not sure it's a good idea for Rachel to turn into a shrew in order to lure a vicious cat down from a tree so she can warp into that cat and sneak into the assistant principal's house? What worries you about that plan? Cassie looked worried too. You know, Rachel, usually a cat will play with the mouse a little bit, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they go right for the neck bite, and the mouse, or the shrew, dies instantly. Be careful, Rachel, Tobias said. I'll be watching, but be careful. I don't want anything to happen to you. He said it so only I could hear. I could tell because no one else reacted. I looked up at Tobias and winked. I knew he would see it. I rode my hands together. Okay, let's do this. I concentrated once more on the shrew. The shrew was now a part of me. I don't know how it works, but it does. Somehow, thanks to the Andalite technology, the DNA of that shrew was stored away inside of me. It was like having a map to guide me as I transformed. Not that I had a clue how I was able to do it. The first sensation was shrinking. 
it was a long, long trip down from being five feet tall to being less than an inch tall. It's like falling, except that you can feel the ground under your feet the whole time. One minute I was looking Jake and Marco and Cassie in the face. The next minute their faces seemed to be zooming high above me. I was falling down the length of their bodies. It was like they were huge skyscrapers and I had jumped off the roof or something. My outer clothing fell around me like a big collapsing circus tent. It made a slight grinding noise as my backbone collapsed into a size smaller than my little finger. There was the disturbing, not-quite-pain sensation that goes along with some morphs. Like you know it should hurt, but it didn't quite. I could feel the tail sprout from my tailbone. A long, hairless tail. Not at all attractive. My legs practically disappeared, they were so small. I was a chubby little ball of fur, no more than two inches long, with four tiny feet. Then the fear kicked in. The shrew's fear. It hit me so hard I began to shake. I rattled with terror. I quaked with terror. I was surrounded. Predators everywhere. I could smell them. I could see them. Huge, looming, slow-moving creatures standing over me. Rachel? You okay down there? It was Cassie. She lifted the folds of my clothing off of me. I heard the voice and sort of understood it, but it was more like distant thunder. It didn't really mean anything, at least not to the shrew. It was looking for a way out. Its brain might have been terrified, but it was also amazingly smart. It was evaluating every possible escape route. It was measuring the distances between the three sets of legs. One set of legs moved slightly. I was off like a shot. Running! Running! Blades of grass seemed six feet tall. Twigs were like fallen trees that I had to scramble over. My little feet moved with incredible speed. I scooted past a beetle that seemed to me to be as big as a dog. Rachel, you have to get control. I knew they were right. I even sort of understood what they meant. But the terror was so strong. The urge to survive was so powerful. And at the same time, there were other feelings. Hunger. I smelled nuts. I smelled dead flesh. I even smelled the maggots squirming on the dead flesh. And I wanted them. I know it's too gross, but I wanted to eat those maggots. Heavy pounding footsteps behind me. I turned sharply and ducked under a bush. The steps went barreling by before stopping and turning back toward me. They were faster than I was, but not as agile. I could get away. They could get away and find that dead smell and gorge. Rachel, it's Tobias. The shoe is in control. You have to assert yourself. Tell it to stop running. Fear. Hunger. Rachel, listen to me. You're getting away from us. You have to take charge. Fear. Hunger. Run. Grass and twigs and dirt. Low, scratchy branches over my head. The smell of food. The smell of a dog that had urinated on this bush. More loud footsteps and far-off rumbling voices yelling. They were trying to catch me. But I was fast. I was clever. But not clever enough. I ran out from under the bush. Like a shadow inside of a shadow, I felt it descend on me. Terror, like nothing I'd ever felt before, swept over me. Something deep, deep inside my shrew brain cried out. It was the ultimate fear. The ultimate horror. It was the enemy I could not defeat. And it was coming for me. Chapter 8 I dodged, but too slowly. Huge talons closed around me, and suddenly my little feet were running in air. Okay, Rachel. It's okay. It's just me. I have you. The voice was in my head. I understood the words. It cut through the terror at last. I held on to that voice. Relax, Rachel. 
I looked down, and with my dim, shrew eyesight saw the shadows shooting past down below. I have you, Rachel. Try to be calm. Think about something human. Think about school. Remember school? School? Yes, I remembered school. Quite suddenly, the shrew mind lost the battle for control. It was like a switch had been flipped. I was in charge. I knew what I was. I knew who I was. I'm okay, Tobias, I said. You can set me down. He circled around and landed with perfect gentleness on the ground. Did my talons hurt you? No, I don't think so. I'm fine. You okay, Rachel? Jake's voice. Yes. Boy, that was totally different from the elephant brain. Or the eagle. They're both so calm and mellow compared to this mind. It's like Jake's lizard, Cassie suggested. He had a panic reaction too. The other animals we morphed were all kind of big, dominant animals. Gorilla, tiger. My horse was skittish though. Look, let's just do this and get it over with, okay? I said. I'm not enjoying the shrew experience. That was the understatement of all time. I could still smell death and hear the thousands of feasting maggots. And to me, those things still meant dinner. I was horribly hungry. Are you sure you're going to be able to maintain down there? Marco asked. I saw him peering down at me from a million miles up. You look a little nervous. Your tail is twitching and your little nose is sniffing like crazy. Yeah, I know. I'm still nervous. Let's just do this. You'll have to take me back to the tree where Fluffer is. I don't know what direction it is. Before I could object, Marco reached down and scooped me into his hands. He held me up and looked into my eyes. I've never seen you look lovelier, Rachel. Very cover girl. We walked down the block. Marco set me down at the bottom of the tree where Fluffer was still hiding out on a high branch. You guys had better back off a little, I said. Not too far, Jake said. We have to be able to get between you and Fluffer fast. Oh, I can kick Fluffer's butt. I said jokingly. I guess I felt a little embarrassed about having let the shrew take control of me. Uh-huh, Marco said dryly. Cat versus mouse. Who would you bet on? Haven't you seen Itchy and Scratchy? Cassie asked. Mouse, definitely. Besides, she's not a mouse. Let me tell you something. It is no fun sitting around in a shrew's tiny body, waiting to see whether a huge cat is going to decide to climb down and kill you. It is one of the least fun things I've ever done. I had the shrew brain under control, but that didn't change the fact that the shrew was still about as scared as a shrew can be. Between being snatched up by a hawk, and now waiting to see if the shrew's other deadly enemy was going to attack. I mean, the shrew was definitely in a state of panic. She was not a happy shrew. I was so preoccupied thinking about the shrew's hunger that I missed what happened next. I didn't even notice until I heard the sound of scraping tree bark just an inch above my head. Fluffer was dropping through the air right on top of me. I froze. Jake and Marco did not freeze. Marco grabbed Fluffer in mid-pounce. Fluffer rewarded him with a nasty slash of his claws. Marco yelled and almost dropped the cat. Jake grabbed Fluffer by the nape of the neck and Cassie ran up with the animal carrier. The three of them managed to stuff the squalling, hissing, slashing Fluffer into the carrier and close the door. I was already morphing out of the shoe body as fast as I could. I'm bleeding! Marco cried. We're all bleeding, Cassie said matter-of-factly. I told you guys, kitties can be nasty when you get on their nerves. I was shooting up from the ground, regaining my normal body. Ugh, ugh, I'm never doing that morph again, 
I said, as soon as I had a normal tongue and lips. I looked over my shoulder to make sure I didn't still have the creepy tail. Nothing. I was me again. I was in my morphing outfit with no shoes on, but I was human again. I shuddered. The memory of the shoe's brain and its fear and hunger made my flesh creep. I was fighting a powerful urge to throw up. I felt sick in a way that is mostly in your head. Jake looked at me and shook his head. I should have done it. I should have used my lizard morph to lure the cat down from the tree. I shook my head. No, that freaked you out. And now you're the one who's freaked out, Jake said. But don't worry, you'll get over it. Mostly. At least you didn't eat a spider. Yeah, look, I'm just tired, okay? Let me acquire this pain-in-the-butt cat and get on with this. Are you still up for it? Cassie asked. Acquiring two new morphs in one night? I shouldn't have let you do the mouse. Shrew. Whatever. Jake said. He was still looking guilty. Look, it was my idea, right? Besides, since when do you let me do things? What are you, my master? I don't think so. Come on. I squared my shoulders and set on a brave smile. Let me see how Fluffer likes me, now that I'm bigger than he is. I guess Fluffer was tired of causing trouble. He was actually asleep in the cat carrier. Sleeping like nothing at all was going on. A typical cat. He even purred as I acquired him. When I was done, I noticed Cassie smiling at me. What? I asked her. I was just thinking how you look like the same old Rachel, but now you have an elephant, a shrew, an eagle, and a cat inside of you. That's four morphs. That's more than any of us. She looked thoughtful. We don't really know very much about this morphing thing still. I wonder if there's a limit to how many morphs you can do. I guess we'll find out, Marco said darkly. Probably at the worst possible time. I wondered if they were right. It was definitely a strange, powerful feeling, knowing that I could become four very different animals. Strange and powerful and disturbing. Inside of me, I had animals that ate each other. It wasn't a good image. Suddenly, I felt exhausted. Look, guys, I've acquired Fluffer now, but maybe we should do the rest of this tomorrow night. I'm... I don't know if I'm at my best right now. Another night, Jake agreed. He looked relieved. I think he was worried about me. That's the way Jake is. I guess we can let Fluffer go now, Cassie said. She opened the carry and the cat climbed out cautiously. I watched him run off into the night. Probably going off to kill your shrew, Marco speculated. The idea made me shudder all over again. Chapter 9 Ah! 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 Wake up, Rachel! Wake up! Ah! Oh! Oh, oh. I sat up. I was gasping for air. It was dark, but I could just make out Jordan's face. She was shaking me awake. I felt my face, lips, eyes, nose. I patted myself down frantically. Human. I was human. No fur. No tail. Human. The details of the dream came rushing up into my consciousness. Oh no, I moaned. I threw back the covers and stumbled to my feet. I staggered toward the bathroom door. The bathroom connects my room and the room Jordan and Sarah share. I tried to turn on the light but missed the switch. I dropped to my knees in front of the toilet and threw up. Jordan kept saying, Are you alright, Rachel? Are you alright? I better get mom. No, I said as soon as I could talk. No, I'm fine. Don't wake mom up. 
Fortunately, little Sarah can sleep through anything. I brushed my teeth and drank some water. I looked sheepishly at Jordan. She looks nothing like me. I guess I look more like my dad, and Jordan is like the smaller version of my mom. Dark hair and dark eyes. She looked pretty scared. I'm okay, I said again. Just a bad dream. I guess it made me kind of sick, is all. But I'm fine now. Jordan relaxed a little. Must have been some dream. I guess so. I can't even remember it now. You know how it is. Dreams fade away, so you can't even remember them. I can't believe you would just forget a dream that made you scream and hurl. I shrugged. I've never been very good at remembering dreams. You better get back to bed. She looked at me solemnly. I know I'm just your little sister by two years, but you would tell me if something bad was happening to you, right? I mean, I wouldn't tell mom or anyone. You could trust me. I smiled and drew her into a long hug. I know I can trust you. If anything bad was going on, I'd tell you. It was a lie, of course, and the lie made me feel even worse. I trusted Jordan. I knew in my heart she was not a controller. Of course, that's just what Jake had said about Tom. I hugged my sister a little closer. I hated the way suspicion had crept into every part of my mind. I hated the way I wasn't sure, not really, totally sure, that I could trust her. Good night, I said. Thanks for rescuing me from my nightmare, whatever it was. She started to walk away. Then she turned, lit from behind by the garish bathroom light. Before you started screaming, you were yelling something. What? I asked, afraid of the answer. She looked puzzled. I think it was maggots. Something like that. I forced a shaky smile. Good night, Jordan. I crawled back into my bed. The pillow was soaked with sweat. The sheets were clammy. Maggots. Squirming, crawling, busy little white maggots. They were all over a piece of rotting meat and fur. In my dream, it was a dead cat. A dead cat covered with vermin eating the decayed flesh. A shrew was getting in on that feast, eating the dead flesh and the living maggots with equal enjoyment. In my dream I knew, I was that shrew. Chapter 10 You look tired, Jake said the next morning. We took the same bus to school. Thanks, I said grumpily. Didn't get enough sleep last night? I guess not, if I look as bad as you say. I didn't say you looked bad, I just said you looked tired. He hesitated. He glanced over his shoulder, checked to see whether anyone was listening. Fortunately, the noise level was pretty high in the bus. Jake lowered his voice and leaned close to my ear. You didn't get creeped out by the shrew, did you? Why, just because I'm a girl, you think the shrew bothered me more than it would have bothered you or Marco? No, that's not it at all, he said earnestly. It's just... See, when I did the lizard morph, that bothered me. I had nightmares... Nightmares? I said too loudly. Then I lowered my voice back to a whisper. Nightmares? Oh yeah, definitely. When I morphed the tiger, I had dreams too, but not nightmares. What kind of dreams? He smiled. Kind of cool, really. Stalking through a dark forest at night? I was hunting something. It was like, I wanted to catch it, but at the same time, it was like, if I didn't catch it, that would be okay too, because just running and creeping and then running some more through the woods was the best thing in the world. I nodded. I felt like that after the elephant morph. 
it was this incredible feeling of being huge and invincible, like I could never even possibly be afraid of anything. But the shrew was different, wasn't it? Same with the lizard. I guess it's different characters of the animals. Maybe some are good matches for our human brains. Maybe others aren't. I looked out the window for a while. Then I said, You know what scares me? To my surprise, Jake nodded. Yeah, you're afraid someday we might have to morph into bugs. I shuddered. I don't think I'll be willing to do that. I think that may be too much. Well, your next assignment is a cat. Tobias was a cat. He said it was amazingly cool. He liked it, just like I really enjoy being a dog. Sometimes when I'm depressed, I really wish I could just morph. Dogs know how to have fun. The bus pulled up in front of the school. Another day of school. Normal life. I looked over the crowd of kids milling around on the lawn and on the steps. I spotted Melissa. See you later, Jake, I said. Thanks. No problem. We're all in this together. I made my way down the bus aisle and ran to catch up to Melissa, but when I got close, I saw her eyes were red and swollen. She'd been crying. I didn't know what to do. In the old days, I would have just run right up to her and asked her what was the matter. Hey, Melissa. How's it going? She looked at me, confused. What? I said, how's it going? She shook her head slowly, like she couldn't believe I was even talking to her. What do you care? Melissa, of course I care. What's wrong? Her eyes went kind of blank. She seemed to be looking at nothing but the air right in front of her face. What's wrong? Everything is wrong. And nothing is wrong. But just the same. Everything is wrong. Melissa, what are you talking about? Forget it, she said. She started to walk away. I grabbed her arm. Look, you can talk to me. I'm still your friend. Nothing has changed. Leave me alone, she said grimly. Everything has changed. Everyone has changed. You stop being my friend and my mom and dad. What? I pressed her. The bell rang loud and shrill. I have to go. She pulled her arm away. What could I do? I let her go. I wondered what she had started to say about her father. Had she discovered what her father was? What her father had become? I walked up the steps of the school with my head lowered in thought. As I opened the school door, I ran right into someone. Hey, hey, watch where you're going, young lady. Mr. Chapman! I recoiled in fear. See, you have to realize that this was the man who had once directed a hork soldier to kill us all if he caught us. Kill us and only save our heads for identification. That kind of thing sticks in your mind. He peered at me. What's the matter with you, Rachel? A little jumpy this morning? I nodded. Yes, sir. I guess I didn't sleep too well. Bad dreams? He asked. My mouth was dry. I guess so, Mr. Chapman. He smiled. A normal, human smile. His eyes even crinkled up a little as he grinned down at me. Well, shake it off. Nightmares aren't real, you know. At least not most of the time, I said to myself. Hey, Phantomorphs. Thanks for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs. Audiomorphs is a podcast slash let's read slash it's it's a bootleg audiobook that you can find at audiomorphs.podbean.com. A friend of mine brought up that this podcast should be called Danamorphs, 
and I do not disagree, but I already paid for this URL, and so we're stuck with it. Speaking of URLs, you can reach me at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. I don't really have anything else to say. It's my bedtime, and I'm very sleepy, so I will sign off here. Good night, everybody. Have sweet dreams, and I will see you next week.